You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Vogel, episode 71. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. I'm pleasure to have you back. Boy, oh boy, missed you last week, but we're here this week and we are talking about communication. Now, we've talked about communication before because this show is a lot about emotional intelligence, but we're really going to hammer down into some really great topic points for lovingly connecting communication. And I'll get to why we're going to go into all of this and how you can really get more into it at the end of the episode. So stick around until we get there. For now, we really want to discuss where lovingly connecting communication comes from and why this is a topic now. Right? What is your motivation to want to have more lovingly connecting communication moments with your friends and your family? Right? You have when you think about all of the topics that are happening right now in our society, and this episode is being shot the night of the Trump-Biden debate, last one, and the vitriol that comes out of these elections and what's happening within our society, whether it's social injustice issues, whether it's politics, I think it can be COVID and the shutdown. There's so many that we've covered over the last few months since the pandemic started that was really festering under the surface that it was all it really took was the, this pandemic came out of left field the the election alone was going to be bringing out communication that was going to be poor unmanaged negative in nature and so often our natural response is to just shut that kind of negative conversation down and in many cases that might be the strategy that you decide to evoke but there's going to be other options that you can start to look into before it's just shutting the conversation down, walking away, and really missing out on an opportunity to connect with someone that's in your life for a reason. All right. So when you think about why you want to be motivated to having, to having these lovingly connected communication moments with people is you want to keep this person in your life. You've chosen to have this person in your life for a reason. So let's figure out what that reason was and be able to keep them there. Now, my family has a very, very strict rule about no talks about politics or religion um, out at the, my parents' lake house. And I know I've referenced their lake house before. Now, for the most part, most of us agree. So there's really no negativity that can come out of a political conversation. But if somebody comes into the house who doesn't believe what a majority of us believe, it's just best that we don't have those conversations because we've seen them turn heated, right? And, and this episode is definitely one that my family members should probably listen to, and they should probably come to the event I'm going to be bringing up at the end of the episode. Because when you don't have an opportunity to hear somebody out about what they're saying, you miss an opportunity to really understand their perspective their model of the world. And that's another motivating aspect for why you want to have loving 
connecting communication moments with these people in your life, your friends, your family, siblings, whoever it might be, to better understand their model of the world. Their point of view means something to them, and yours means something to you. When you miss out on an opportunity to conversate with them, even if what their opinion is differs from yours, then you miss out on an opportunity to really figure out some sort of undercurrent that fires them up. There are so many opportunities that we miss in society to connect with people because we stare at our phones, we get ourselves in these um, confirmation bias loops where we're only following people on our social media that believe the way we believe. They're only going to post articles that, that side with the way that we think Right, We're going to read a headline, maybe the first paragraph, and we're going to go with whatever that article says. And I get that that is the natural tendency. right? We like to hear that we're right. Our brains are naturally going to go towards being told that we're right. The problem that comes with that and what honestly ends up demotivating us to want to have these deeper conversations is that if you've attached your identity to a belief you have about a certain political party or a certain social issue or anything else for that matter, anything at all that you feel strongly about, you ultimately ended up tying a piece of your identity to that opinion or belief that you have. So then when somebody comes up and they say something that goes against your opinion or your belief, you feel that your identity is being threatened. And because we're still operating with these, you know, 2,000, 20,000 year old caveman monkey brains, right? We might have a ton of technology around us, but ultimately we're still operating with a very caveman-esque brain. What ends up happening is that since our identity gets threatened, um, what sets in is this fight, flight, freeze, or, or sex function inside of our frontal lobe, the amygdala area. And all of a sudden, we get it in our heads that, wow, if my identity's threatened, then uh, this adrenaline rush I feel is a fight, flight, freeze, or sex moment. you know. And then all of a sudden, it's like, if my identity's threatened, then my existence is threatened, my life is threatened, and I must fight back. And then, wah, we saber-tooth tiger on one another. So when you're thinking about the motivation you want to have this holiday season to why you want to have these lovingly connecting, confident communication moments is because you want to be able to keep this person in your life. You've chosen to have them in your life for a reason. Do you really want this topic to be the reason that you don't? Do you really want to die on that hill? Right? That hill. That hill. A better understanding of their model of the world, of their perspective, will allow you to will just it'll give you a, a whether you understand it or not, it'll give you a glimpse into what makes them tick, what keeps them running. There have been horrible people throughout the span of human civilization, but somewhere along the way, something happened to them that caused them to behave that way. Now, was their behavior justifiable? No, more than likely, absolutely, positively not. You can think of probably, just think about five people off the top of your head that you know were like mass genocidal murderers, right? Their behavior makes no sense to us, but to them it did, and to their followers it did. And so if you could understand what happened to them in their lives that they attached such a strong emotional connection to the destruction of someone else that they literally caused a historical moment that will forever be remembered, it doesn't mean that I condone their behavior. It definitely doesn't mean that I accept their behavior, but at least I'm beginning to be able to tap in to why 
they thought their behavior was correct. Just because you listen to somebody doesn't mean you condone what they say. It definitely doesn't mean that you accept what they say. But at least they have the opportunity to be heard, to express themselves, and perhaps, just maybe, you'll understand at a very, very deep level what happened in their lives that causes them to attach such a strong emotional connection to this belief or opinion. Then you get some insight into who this person is. And 99 times out of 100, it wasn't like they just woke up one day and decided to hate somebody. A series of things happened to them in their life that caused them to have an unconscious objection to that person, place, or thing being around them. And they eventually attached more and more strong beliefs and opinions towards it. And the next thing you know, it became a part of their identity. It became a part of your identity. So your why motivation on, on understanding lovingly connecting confident communication moments with your friends and families and loved ones, or even just people in your class, is because they're in your life for a reason. A reason, a season, or a lifetime, but there's always a lesson to be learned in all of those moments. When you're having an emotional reaction, you need to tap into why that's happening inside of you. Not just why that other person's having their emotional reaction, but what it means when, when you feel an emotional reaction to their reaction about news or something. Okay, so when you think about what lovingly connected, confident communication is, right? The lovingly with love or great care, right? Seems pretty simple, pretty cut and dry. I mean, I think we all at some point have felt lovingly connected to somebody out there, right? There's with love or great care. And that's that's what it's like to love somebody, to have this love and great care and to want to get to know them better and to want to be able to connect with them. That's the whole meaning. So many people would say the meaning of life is to love. Well, there you go. Love or great care is lovingly connected. Connection is a relationship in which a person, thing, or idea is linked or associated with something else. So when you're around people that are in your inner circle that you love, family members, or it could just be an acquaintance in a class, right? There is, you're, you're associated with them through people, through blood, through a relationship. That's a connection. The human experience is just rife. It's, that's the point, right, is this connecting moments with each other. We are social creatures. What is confidence? The definition of that is feeling or showing confidence in oneself. It's a self-assuredness, right? When you can step into somebody, or not somebody, but into a conversation, into something that's happening, with a confidence that you know who you are, you are confident in your morals, your ethics, your values, right? Your beliefs are strong, but they don't attach to your identity, right? You're not latching onto them. Then you can be self-assured. And even if someone challenges what you say, ultimately you'll be able to understand that that's just their model of the world. That's just their point of view. Communication is the imparting or exchanging of information or news. So when you're having these communication moments, you're really just having a dialogue back and forth. So if you're going to be lovingly with great care, with love or great care, right, you're going to express a relationship with a person, place, or thing that's associated with you while feeling confidence and self-assuredness in order to impart or exchange information or news. 
That's what lovingly connected, confident communication looks like. Now, the how to do this, I mean, this is the best part, right? Understanding why these positive communication moments are important, the motivation about keeping the person in your life and better understanding their model of the world, getting insight into who they are and really connecting, right? That, that's, that's, that's what motivates you to step into these relationships to begin with. So what keeps you from just cutting off your siblings when you when you moved away from college, or what, that's what keeps you motivated to keep in touch with, the, with your best friend from first grade, right? You had a connection with them at some point in your life, and you enjoy continuing the fostering of it. There are so many people that I went to college with whose opinions I don't believe in. Their political views, their social views, their 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 views on many things. Hell, they might like the freaking New York. Yankees, and I like the Atlanta Braves, and that's okay. That's okay. I know some of you might think that, oh, sports isn't the same as politics or religion or social issues. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Go tell that to somebody who's a diehard sports fan when somebody tries to step up to their team and tell me that those people don't don't lose their crap a little bit. Just a little bit. You might even be one of them people. I know. I know. You're thinking it right now, too, aren't you? Somebody tries to challenge your favorite player in a, in a sport you love, and all of a sudden you lose your freaking mind. Anybody who's ever been to a sports bar on a Sunday afternoon with a couple drinks in them, and then all of a sudden you find yourself screaming at somebody over Packers versus Bears, will know what I'm talking about. So how to do this? How to have these lovingly connected, confident communication moments? We don't have a ton of time here. Obviously, I don't want this to turn into an eight-hour-long diatribe. But there are some really easy ways for you to step into loving, connecting, confident communication moments. First, ask yourself, when you're thinking of how to do this, first ask yourself, do you want to be right or do you want to connect? If your motivation to get into a conversation is to either have your confirmation bias upheld or to start an argument, I guarantee you walking up to somebody and saying, Trump or Biden will provide that opportunity for you. Hands down. You will either hear the name you want to hear, and then that will further fuel your confirmation bias, telling you, okay, other people believe the way I do. Or they'll say the opposite name you wanted to hear, and then you get to start an argument where you get to yell and scream at them, I suppose, expecting that if the the louder you yell or the more emotional you get, the more apt they will be to just agree with you. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You've watched these talking heads on the news shows. They apparently think that if they yell louder and say more words than the other person, that they somehow won. The fact of the matter is, is that getting somebody to change a deeply held belief is something that takes time to change. I almost said chip away at, right? I mean, if somebody believes that the earth is flat and you want to chip away at that and get them to thinking that it's round, you can't just start shoving globes into their face because they're just going to start talking about fake news conspiracies and how it's all, you know, the Matrix trying to take them down and how there's a secret cabal that doesn't want us to know there's an ice wall around the planet. I recently watched a Netflix show called Beyond, called Beyond the Curve, so I know a little bit too much about flat earthers than I would prefer, but those people are hilarious. 
All right, they're going to come at you with all of this data that they've already compiled in order to support their belief. So shoving a globe in their face doesn't do it. They've been told by their side of the fence that the people who want to convince them that the world is round are going to shove globes in their face. By behaving the way that you do, you are literally confirming their sources when they said, this is what the other side's going to do to get you to see it their way. To connect with someone and find out why they believe in something, to what really, they, what kind of emotional anchor they have attached to that, that opinion and belief, that is to really get to understand them. So if you want to be right, then you can argue till you're blue in the face, but I can assure you, no one's just going to change their opinion because you screamed at them for an hour. I wrote about this in the book, College Success Habits. You know, it's only the name of the podcast about the people who are vegans. And they'll they'll start an argument anywhere they can about why you should no longer eat meat. Like you're really going to be able to tell a carnivore that animals are being slaughtered inhumanely or that methane gas is coming out of the cow burps or any of the other myriad of reasons they have for why they chose veganism and now you should choose veganism. I already know all that stuff's happening. Coming at me with that kind of data is the exact same stuff I've heard all along. I don't need to hear it again. It didn't change my mind the first time I heard it. It's not going to change my mind now. I knew smoking cigarettes was, was cancerous and stunk, and it wasn't attractive, and it certainly wasn't cool. I still smoked the damn things for 22 years. Coming up to me and telling me that cigarettes are going to kill me one day wasn't going to motivate me to quit. Taking them out of my hand and breaking them in front of me was just causing, costing me at the time 10 cents a cigarette. Now I'm pretty sure it's up to almost 25 cents a cigarette. So if you're one of those people who thinks, well, if I yank things out of their hand or I yell at them long enough, they're going to listen, then, you're follow, then you are doing the opposite of what I'm saying. How to do these lovingly connected communication moments and having confidence while you're in them means that you try, and you're, you don't even try, just do it. Just connect. Tell yourself that when you get in a conversation with someone who clearly sees it differently than you, that you are going to put in all your marbles into figuring out what happened in their life that causes them to feel this way. Somewhere in their life, a series of events happened that said, this is how I'm now going to believe. And you are not going to change that in one conversation, screaming in their face. Okay, so how else can you do this? Find, as I just mentioned, find out their emotional attachment to the topic. Ask questions. Use phrases like, I'm really curious. I'm interested in knowing why. Right? Using words like curious and interested rather than, why do you think that way? Right? Why do you think that way? Sounds like, that sounds like fighting words. I'm really curious to what happened in your life that causes you to see the world this way, that causes you to see this topic this way. I mean, because I'm super fascinated about human emotions and human dynamics, and this is something that I'm su- I definitely want to know more about. You clearly have an emotional attachment to this, and I want to connect with you at an emotional level. So please explain to me, no judgment. I'm just here to listen to what you have to say. It literally can work that easy. If they come back and say, no, you won't, you'll judge me, they're, what they're doing is they're projecting their, they're, they're projecting their own insecurities on you. Because if you tried to explain to them why you felt the opposite of them, they would want to jump down your throat. So if you find them projecting and saying, oh, if I tell you, you're just going to judge me and yell, like, no, 
That's That might be what you would do, and I don't know, but I am just here to listen. A lot of people will project. They'll, they'll, they'll claim you're going to do something even though what's really happening is the reason that they that that's your shotgun response is because they know down inside that that's what they would do. So you have to break through that. And it may not happen in that very first conversation, but at some point, if you keep pressing the issue in a very polite and loving way, you'll find out. They will finally open up to you. See, what is the perspective they have on the topic that is driving their model of the world is literally, it is, it is the root of their entire emotional attachment to the topic of Trump versus Biden. It is the root. Somewhere along the line, perhaps it was a Democrat or Republican, politicians you know, passed a law and then other Republicans or Democrats passed that law. So another politician passed this law and that law and they were all Republicans or Democrats. And so now that's it. I can no longer like a Republican or Democrat. Maybe they have a very strong emotional attachment to abortion or gun control or immigration or the environment or any one of these. I mean, there's 10,000 that you can come up with. And not only is there the environment and gun control and, you know, um, sexual orientation rights and and, uh, the rights of everybody that they should have over their own body, then there becomes all these little side conversations. Just because someone is a Florida Gator fan and went to the same school as I did doesn't mean that we're going to like each other. Just because we both like the same football team does not mean that we have anything else in common. So just because your best friend is a Republican or your best friend is a Democrat and so are you does not mean that you guys are going to get along when it comes to every issue that could possibly come up with these politicians. It's like you talk to anybody who believes in God and Jesus as the, the Savior and that he died for our sins. Like, like what is there, like five, ten more different religions that broke off of just the idea that, that the Bible is the, the book of the Lord and is the, is the true word? You got Pentecostals and Southern Baptists and, and other ones I can't name because I don't know anything about that stuff. There's Catholics and Christians. They're not. They're not the same. You got the Presbyterians. Um, you know. I mean, hell, you got the Mormons. You know, they've got some sort of rando connection to um, the the Jesus, leaving some bars or something in the ground, right? Like, there's all these different religions that broke off of just this same book. So, just because you believe in God and Jesus doesn't mean that the person next to you believes in God and Jesus the same way. So just assuming that because somebody's a Republican or a Democrat, you're naturally going to get along or disagree with them is, 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 does, doesn't make any sense. Certain beliefs of mine are, are, are I'm very moderate into certain responses. When it comes to the environment, I don't screw around. we got to save the freaking planet. This is just bullshit what we're doing. We just keep torching this damn planet, and yet we're, it's like we got people on this planet obsessed with getting us to Mars. And I'm like, you know, there's nothing there, right? <laughs> Everything that's going to be there, we have to take there. Meanwhile, we have a planet that's just, you know, overflowing with majesty and beauty, and yet we just continue to scorch the earth in order to produce things for our own consumption. So that I'm very, very strong on. But there are some things where I, I could be more I could be seen as more moderate Republican or moderate Democrat. So just because I might say that I side with one party or the other doesn't mean that I believe in everything that my party believes in. I'm not going to attach beliefs 
I'm not going to attach my identity to somebody else's platform. I'm just not. Because any given moment, that person could come out as a horrible person, and now I've attached myself to them, and now when they go crumbling down, what happens to me? Does that mean I have to come crumbling down? I attach absolutely no power to somebody else's platform. That's with my girlfriend, that's with my parents, that's with my siblings, that's with political affiliations, that's with my favorite sports team. None. And you should be practicing the same. Yes, there are certain things I feel very strongly about, but I am not going to attach my identity to them. Because I'm not so sure that come down a little bit later in life that because the situation's changed or a law has been passed and now the situation looks differently that I'm not going to think about it differently. Therefore, my opinion of it will change and then over the course of time, my belief will change. So as long as I haven't attached my identity to anything, then I'm okay with my belief changing, my opinion changing, because beliefs change all the time. I used to believe that baseball cards were the best thing in the world, and now I wouldn't even bother opening up a pack of them. I used to believe that baseball was an amazing sport, and I, would, didn't even, I won't even watch the World Series. I, the Dodgers may have won, for all I know, and I live in L.A. I definitely didn't catch the end of the basketball tournament. My point to all of this is, is that your perspective of why you feel the way that you do about a topic topic is directly related to your model of the world that was created throughout your entire life. And the longer you um, saw something happening in a certain way, the more you attached an opinion or belief to your response to it. And so then you wake up all of a sudden and you're in your um, late teens and you're in your 20s and perhaps your beliefs are your parents' beliefs. And now you get to school and realize, wow, my family was always a Republican or a Democrat, but now I get to school and I actually identify more with them. Now, just because you identify more with a certain group doesn't mean you have to attach your identity to it. Now the holidays are coming up. And now you're going to have these opportunities to get into some conversations that may not be comfortable. You may not be looking forward to. They may be too much. But you don't want to not go home just because these conversations are going to happen. Down the line, the, the people could change their opinions, and now you've missed out on a holiday because of an opinion that didn't even matter now, or then, or later, or whatever. Timeline be damned. I have lost so many people in my family that I love. I have lost so many important people in my life. And there's one regret that I have above all of them is that I didn't take the time out to go connect with them during their birthday and their holidays. It breaks my heart that when my mom broke up our family in 1994, actually I should say that both my stepdad and my mom broke up the family, that I didn't put more effort into staying connected with her. I was angry with her. I was disappointed in her. I started to make choices and I started to have behaviors that served neither one of us. And in the end, she passed away and there was I, I, there, there are so many missed opportunities. I couldn't even count them on my all my fingers and all my toes if I had 15 arms and 15 legs. So what can we do right now today to start making a change in the way we communicate? What if these opportunities to connect come up during the holidays and you miss out on them because the person across from you is emotionally triggered and you don't know how to handle that? Or you get emotionally triggered and you're not sure how to handle that. I have a solution for you. I have a solution for you.
me and some of my coaching peers have put together a communication summit that is coming up in the second week of November. It is just around the corner. Once I'm done explaining this to you, I want you to remember, and I'll talk about this too. I'm going to be talking a lot about the, a lot about this via social media, on my two Instagram channels, profiles, whatever they're called, whatever. At from sobriety to recovery, and at Jesse Mogul. This communication summit is going to be from November 9th through the 13th. It's going to be a Monday through Friday. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be this five-day mega event, six-day virtual training because it starts on Monday, and then I think we're going to finish off on Saturday. So it's actually the 9th through the 14th. When you think about what is it we're going to be discussing, we're going to help you identify different family member personalities different archetypes that are happening in your family from the instigator to the person who's complacent to the one who who just complies all the time to the one who gets steamrolled. And maybe you're this person who's steamrolled or maybe you're the steamroller. But we're going to help you identify the different family personalities so when you get into the conversation, you'll know exactly the right kind of language to be using in order to keep the conversation loving, even if it's about topics that you don't agree about. We're going to show you how to navigate difficult difficult conversations with these opinionated family members because we all have them. Yours might be a drunk uncle. I don't know. I just always think of drunk of uncles and drunk and think, yeah, those people are definitely going to be instigators. <laughs> Man, you're going to manage difficult emotions that you're experiencing when you're back home when these things happen. Is it anger, frustration, sadness, anxiety, depression, grief? We are going to talk to you about how to manage these emotions, right? So that you can prepare for these family gatherings with confidence, with self-assuredness, that you can connect regardless of the topic. We're going to explain to you how to handle family expectations because who you are today in college probably isn't who you were when you left for a college. You're at this level in your life where you're beginning to really start to formulate your own opinions and beliefs about yourself and the world around you. And they no longer have to be attached to your friends or your family members, your teachers, your preachers, or anybody else. You are in charge of your emotional intelligence. Figuring out how to coexist with difficult family members even after the holidays is a topic that we're excited to bring to you because we know it is happening all around us. Are you ready to bust out of an old family role that you used to play when you were in high school or you used to play your freshman year? Or maybe you're graduated and now you're, you're going back home and you're 29 and you're like, you're not who you used to be. I brought this topic to the table because I used to be the black sheep drunk. And now I'm the overachieving sober person. Now I'm the guy who's got a couple podcasts and and has a best-selling book and has been featured on Fox and NBC and, and speaks at tons of different places and has a thriving business going on. And I used to be, I hardly be able to crawl my own ass out of bed on a Sunday to hit the bottle again. Who I was is not who I am. So now I'm ready to talk to you about how to best out of those old family roles that no longer fit. And you might have somebody else in your family, in your family, who's ready to bust out of their role. And now you can show them how to do that today. Well, not today, November 9th through the 14th, but soon. 
Making tough decisions when it seems like no one else will understand. When we decided on this topic, it was literally like, oh my gosh, does this not speak to the college people? Making tough decisions when it seems like no one will understand. It's like the, it is like the precursor to adulthood. It is like the must-have thing to check off your list as you age. <laughs> You're going to make decisions that your, that your family just doesn't understand. That people who are, you know, in their 50s or 60s who barely understand technology and they hear that you want to be a social media marketer or an influencer or that you're going to write code for in Silicon Valley and they don't even know what that means. They, they didn't even pass Algebra 1 and now you're bringing out a job that didn't even exist seven years ago. If you were interested in more and more and more and you have a ton of questions, and I know you do, we are going to be talking about this just repetitively on many, many, many different social media channels. And we're really going to start breaking out the marketing next week. Next week when I do this podcast, you're definitely going to hear more about it. It won't just be all about it. Just like notice, I brought a really great topic to the table. And at the end, I'm like, hmm, there's a way. See, that's the thing is like last week I talked about automatic negative thoughts on my sobriety show. That's a topic I'm going to be bringing to you as well. All of these topics that, we, that we're discussing, they all are connecting. It's like a spider web. You shake one and everything shakes. I do not want you afraid to go home with your super liberal or super conservative value system that you've adopted in college that's different than who you were when you left for college and then feel like you don't know how to connect with people. There's a vulnerability that comes in connecting. And you Missing out on it now while you're in college will cost you a depth of that relationship that you will never be able to get back because they're going to miss out on all of this development that you're putting yourself through now. And then later on, you're going to be through it. You're already going to be at the other side of it. And all they're going to get to hear is is the highlights of what it was like for you to go through all that. I'm so excited to introduce to you all the Confident Communication Summit. It's going to be amazing. It's absolutely a complimentary admission pass. Everyone is getting a scholarship for this one. Everyone. Because this information is that important. It will change your life. It will change the trajectory of your life. It will strengthen relationships in a way that you didn't even know was possible. You hadn't even dreamed of. Go find at From Sobriety to Recovery. Go find at Jesse Mogul. Here comes some marketing starting next week. And whenever you you see this stuff, you'll be able to start to see the other people that are associated, my other peers that we're doing this with. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. We are so excited to finally have this summit ready to launch that we're all talking about it on our podcast. We're all talking about it on our lives. We're all talking about it everywhere that we are at. We are talking about it. I want you to communicate with your fans, with your friends and your family members and your partner in a way that just boggles your mind. And I'm not going to say that it's always going to be easy. If you develop a growth mindset around the idea that you can connect with somebody regardless of how different their opinion is, you're courageous in your pursuit of that connection. You, you maintain the decisiveness that, that you used to decide to even have that connection. You take action every time you see them. In fact, you reach out for them at times when they don't even expect to hear from you because you're disciplined and you know that to, in order to maintain a relationship, you have to continue being in the relationship. 
Embracing flexibility just means that they're not always going to believe the way that you believe, but because you embody tenaciousness, you know that showing up as your best self will be your best way of connecting with them at the deepest level yet. Every single day you go to bed, the next day is an opportunity for you to be better than you were the day before. By listening to this podcast, you've already started on that journey. By going to college, you have already started on this journey. By now, I don't even know how far along the journey you are, but you are on it. On it. I'll see you at the summit. Checking out at From Sobriety to Recovery, at Jesse Mogul. As always, I almost forgot my tagline. <laughs> did I did I forget my tagline? Hold on. Did I forget it? It's Oh my gosh, how the heck did I forget it? I absolutely did. I think I'm so excited at the Communication Summit. I absolutely forgot it. Something about unity over non-unity. Oh my goodness, I've been saying it for so long. Well, it's gone. <laughs> as soon as I hit stop on this, I'll remember it. Anyways, that one's gone, but I will always and forever remember the power of positive energy, release and flow. Until we see each other again next time, check me out on my social media channels, at Jesse Mogul, at From Sobriety Recovery. Hey, while you're at it, why don't you subscribe, rate, or review? You know what? Just why not? subscribe, rate, or review. If you don't, the algorithm never shows anybody the podcast, and then this awesomeness that you're enjoying, no one will ever find it (laughs) besides you. And already, I know you want to help. I love you guys. Be well. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.